Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Earlier today on March 15th, 2022, I had the opportunity to talk with Icy McIceface from Lviv, Ukraine. He was the reviver of the Kyiv hash. Here's our episode with Icy McIceface today. Today on the podcast, we are hearing from Ukraine. We're in Lviv with IMF. Welcome to the Ion podcast. All right. Thank you. Okay, IMF, let's get people to know your hashing background first. So when and where and how did you get to your first hash? Well, I first started uh, actually hashing back in Bangladesh in 2014. So, you know, I was sitting in, uh, you know, I was working there with, as usual, USAID program, international program. So you kind of hang out in in expert places. So you get to meet some of the people who are just hanging out and, you know, having a couple of beers at the clubs and all. So you get to, so I met a couple of hashers, you know, at the beginning. Well, they were kind of saying, oh, okay, we do hash this and that. And Dhaka is a big hash, as you may know. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, I have many friends from Dhaka hash. <laughs> exactly. So actually, maybe you know Geli from Dhaka hash. He's mm-hmm. one of, uh, so one of the hashers who use usually at the, uh, you know, American club. It's expert club sort of. The club is for the American embassy staff sort of club. As I was working with the American program, sort of USAID program, so we were used to go there. Degeli invited me and said, well, you know, you are kind of in the country and why don't you hang out? Uh, you're hanging out here, but why don't you come and join us for a hash? I said, okay, well, so next Friday, come here. I said, okay, let's go. So that's how I started actually uh, hashing in Dhaka. Well, I was going to say, what was it like? Uh, there's Dhaka Mix, there's Dhaka Men. Which club yes, was uh, it? So it was a Dhaka Mix Hash, uh, you know, at the beginning. So Mix Hash was running on Saturdays, but then Men's Hash was running on Mondays. And so once you are in the Mix Hash, and I think after that, I, start, was, I started going to Men's Hash as well on Monday. So, I mean, Monday Hash was not regular for me because, you know, by the time hash was starting, so it was not really, you know, you couldn't finish the work to get to Monday hash. Yeah. So it wasn't really that convenient, but but after a while, you make time to get there Mondays. Who were some of the hashers that you met? Some of the old timers or regulars or returners? Who were some of the people there hashing in 2014? Gelly, who is still there, I think. And uh-huh. then we have Ringmaster, he's from Florida. Yeah, I know Ringmaster very well. I've, I've hashed with him down in the villages in Florida outside Orlando. He's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. We have, I'm not, I don't know if you know Musty. He's still in Dhaka. Mm-hmm. I think when I started, there was a GM was a nice bitch. Uh-huh. She was she was from UK. And, and actually, she named me. Let, let's get to your hash name. What was the story? Why are you called IMF? It was a very hot day. So we were on the roof, one of the roofs. In Dhaka, so you know, we always have an ice block, you know, for yeah. people to be punished. So I was punished for something I don't remember what for what, and uh, so I was supposed to sit on the ice. So when I sat on the ice, ice broke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be named on that day because I was not there or anything, but it was the occasion. So then you know, the GM says, and the 
Aris was saying, well, let's name this guy. The discussion was about how to name Breaking Ice, just make something. But then the, the analogy came, you know, the UK research ship who were, which was going to sort of, you know, Arctic breaking ice and everything. And there was also a year ago, there was Australian ship was named Boat Mac Boatface or something like that. Right. So on that note, they were kind of, my name was given IC Mac Arseface. <laughs> Great. So how long did you stay in Bangladesh after you started hashing? How long were you there yet? Until 2018. So a good four years. And did you get involved in mismanagement or herring? Oh, plenty, yes. I was part of mismanagement. I was a beer master for like three years. Oh, yeah. In Dhaka. And what's the beer like? Was it easy to well, get with a variety? In Dhaka, usually you don't find alcohol. So yeah. most of the beer we would get from the embassy and embassy stuff and people you know in Dhaka you could get as a diplomatic license yeah. it was sort of a, you know diplomatic passport yeah. through which you can go to bonded warehouse and buy beer through those channels we would be able to get beer and so we had one Bangladeshi brewery actually who would produce at that time some beer through that hunter beer was one of the uh, beer that we would buy locally mm-hmm. local produce mm-hmm. But otherwise, rest of the most of the beer would come from bonded warehouse. Some hashers would facilitate it, and we buy them something like that. Yeah. What about the hash songs? What's singing like in Dhaka? Well, I think we have a couple of guys who are the most singing hasher in Dhaka hash. I think current GM who is also. I mean, you know, Dhaka has tradition. All the time we had the GM as a, a woman GM. So, uh-huh. I mean, hardly, I don't remember in four years, we never had a GM uh, as, a, as a male. Uh-huh. So there's always women. So that's a tradition, I think, it still continues. I mean, in Bangladesh, 170 million people, and uh, but still we find the GM to be woman. So this is a... <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good tradition, yeah. Where did you go in 2018? I came to Ukraine, 2018. Straight to Lviv? No, no, no. I live in Kiev usually because because of uh, war, I moved to Lviv for just sort of displaced internally. Okay. So did you start hashing in Kiev right away? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I used to come to Kiev even though when I was in Bangladesh, time to time. Ah. I was kind of trying to hash in Kiev, contacted back then GM saying, look, I mean, I'm here for like two weeks or three weeks. Let's do a hash or something. That time hash was, it was there, but they were not doing every week or every two weeks a regular hash. Right. So when I was here during my time in Bangladesh, I tried to, you know, do some hash, but it was really not possible because, you know, it was not really organized, so we couldn't do it. But then when I came to Ukraine, I thought, well, you know, let's let's try to do some hashing, see how it, it, it can happen. So that's when I started kind of talking to the old GM saying, look, let's organize something. Let's organize something and see how we can do it. So initially we started doing three people, four people. And then I was kind of setting trail for like two months every single, because, you know, there were no other volunteers. You were the only hair, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was just hairing for like uh, uh, consecutively like a couple of months. 
And then I was saying to the GM saying, look, I mean, if we continue to do like a routine, like let's say set a date for hash every two weeks and we will post it on our Facebook and I have some contract with the expert community. Let's, let's try to get some people. So if once people see that we are doing it regular, then I think more people will come and interested and things like that. And it took actually a good two years to get a good number of people coming to hash, like let's say 10 to 12 people coming every hash. And uh, so, and now, for example, last year we had, sometime we had 20 hashers coming to uh, nice. join the hash. Nice. Were you making t-shirts? Did you start making new t-shirts? Yes, yes, we have. Yeah, I, I think I posted one video of uh, one of our hasher from Kiev. He was playing piano at yeah. the hash house there. So that is our t-shirt, actually. He has a nice logo at the left. So that is, I mean, it's not very clearly visible, but we have some t-shirts, number of, couple of design of t-shirts that we made, some patches and all. Hmm. So we have we have some of those things, yes. And when you got up to ten or more people, did you have expats and Ukrainians? I think we have let's say 70, 70 to seventy five percent experts, and rest of them are Ukrainian mm -hmm. local. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we had this last year. We had a Nash hash in Odessa. We had like twelve people going to Odessa for a Nash hash. It's quite nice, uh, nice hash. Well, now, was Odessa have their own club? They don't. From Kiev, we went to Odessa as a Nash Hash. You know. Oh, okay, cool. Had anyone there ever heard of a Ukrainian Nash Hash before this? Well, I mean, the, the Hashers, yes. But, I mean, yeah, I think there are Hashers coming from many different countries. There were a couple of uh, experienced Hashers. Yeah. But, I mean, do you so, think there was ever a Ukrainian Nash Hash before the one you did? In no, the past? no, I don't. I don't think so. I haven't heard anyone, you know, organize a Nash Hash before. Yeah. And the members that you got built up there in Kiev were there new people who had never hashed before? Did you find old hashers around the city? Yeah. So I mean, Ukrainians. There were not many people like old hashers. There were a couple of them came back, but most of our old hashers they are experts. Ah. I think two months ago in January, I had like a couple of hashers came from UK also. They were oh. kind of very old hasher. Yeah. Yeah. They moved to Kiev, but due to war now, they, I mean, they left again. So. Yeah, sure. What about the traditions? Did you make Kiev hash look like a, a Dhaka hash? Did you sing the Dhaka songs? Did you do the Dhaka circle? How was it? <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, there is some influence to that. Definitely. When I came, old GM, we never, we had some hash, but it was not really, we didn't have really circle and all. So when we started doing a circle, of course, I had most of the Dhaka song and everything. And I had a song book I prepared for Kiev hash, which was uh, made of, out of most of the song was made out of Dhaka song. So yeah, okay. kind of improvised for Kiev a little bit. Yeah. So there was a Kiev hash, so you've rebirthed it. When do you consider the rebirth? day when did it of, start of, of kiev hash you mean yeah i would say maybe something around uh yeah somewhere end of 2018 yeah okay well let's talk then there's been two giant world events that affected everybody and first was covid how did covid affect hashing well we actually stopped hashing let's say at least a month or so march april 2020 mm -hmm. i think we didn't hash but then we have organized a number of virtual hashes so we have 
I think at least maybe two, three virtual hash. So usually I was asking people to, I said, well, you know, you guys could run in your own anywhere in yeah. the city, take some pictures on the way somewhere and make some markings and send me photos, send the photos to our Facebook or WhatsApp group. And then in the evening we had sort of a circle mm-hmm. uh, so that after everybody did their uh, run, so we had the circle in the evening uh, through Zoom. Yeah. What about the mismanagement there? Were you the GM from 2018? So GM was actually when I came, GM was uh, another hashtag called Beer King. Mm-hmm. I think it was only 2019 I became GM because, you know, one year I was trying to organize it and, you know, running, help, try to help the GM basically. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, you know, you kind of have to take the things on your hand saying, okay, well, you know, the, the old GM was, he didn't have enough time and, and he was not able to make as much effort as I, I was able to make. So I was saying, let's have a GM sometime. We went out of town for a hash, uh, sort of out of town hash and saying, okay, well, after the hash, maybe we can have a barbecue, and then that's organized in IGF. That day, we had like around 18 hashers. Nice. We had uh, sort of, I said, okay, let's kind of see who wants to be GM. I mean, we announced it before there is going to be a sort of induction, at least hash uh, GM as well as the hash stacks and sort of hash cash, at least, you know, a couple of positions. One person cannot do everything. Yeah. So, what positions did you get? Do you have an RA also? So that time we didn't have an RA, so I was kind of doing hash GM RA, and then we had a hash cash and hash stats. Ah. And for beer, I think in Ukraine, as you can imagine, I mean, beer you can buy anywhere. So usually we would go to the kiosk, buy it, or go somewhere by the restaurant, do the circle outside and go into the restaurant for drinks and food and something like that. So usually... So that's why we didn't really need it, a beer master or something. But hash cash and hash stash was the important job, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as a lot of people end up doing a lot of work that don't get, that don't want to be front and center. They don't need a lot of attention, but they're critical, of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever have run-ins with the authorities? Did the hash stay underground? Uh, Well, in Kiev, I think, only with the red dress run because we wanted to do red dress run in Kia in mm-hmm. the city. Mm-hmm. But most of our local hashers were saying, Oh no, you can't do it. People would throw a stone on you or something. Yeah. I was doing it, but I think we thought that it's better to do it, you know, out of town hash. But we never had someone saying, Oh, you can't do anything, but not not with the authorities. No, we never yeah. had that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Kiev is usually usually is very uh, open city, so yeah, very free. Let's catch up to real world reality now. You've had to leave Kiev yourself. Are you in touch with the other hashers? Just tell me what you want the hashing world to know about Kiev and Ukraine now. Yeah. So basically, I think what is happening and the. The Kiev is completely besieged at the moment from all sides of the Kiev. I mean, all surrounding Kiev, there is, uh, you know, armies approaching from Russian, uh, Russian soldiers are approaching. So, yeah. but Kiev seems to be holding in a sense that according to our information, Kiev is uh, heavily guarded, protected. So, I mean, there will be a serious fight. But I think the issue is not about the fighting. The issue is about how people are suffering. I mean, you have seen on television basically all the graphic pictures on 
you know, have a bombing and shelling, and especially a couple of uh, actually cities, big cities like Kharkiv and uh, Kherson, Mariupol, which is actually one of the eastern cities, port cities, which is very important for Ukraine. That's why I think Russians are bombing until now, every day. Since mm-hmm. last 18 days, this Mariupol has been in the center. And the casualties actually in, in Mariupol, as well as in Kharkiv, is the most. Uh, women, children, and this, this kind of brutality, actually, we have not, even the last day of the Russian attack, we have not imagined that it can happen. Yeah, we were thinking some, you know, aggression might happen, like, you know, eight years ago when it happened in eastern part of Donbass region, that Russian, you know, uh, soldiers pushed the border a little bit with uh, Donbass separatist group. Mm. We thought that kind of escalation might happen, but not real invasion would happen. But it really, all imagination has, you know, didn't work the way we thought it would. The message from Ukraine, actually, even within the hashers, that what we are saying, the video which was posted yesterday by me on the Hash House Players website was it, I mean, it is just to show the resilience of the hashers, even the Ukrainian, and ha- being hashers, one of them, he's still in Kiev, he's, he's still, you know, holding the line, basically, the fighting uh, of their land and every piece of the integrity uh, that Kiev people in Kiev and Ukraine is fighting. So, I think uh, the lessons perhaps is that uh, you can say one day everything is working fine, but next day people in Ukraine are refugees now, you know, we are, I mean, I've, I worked all my life working for refugees and working for displaced population. I work with a non-profit organization, you know, helping yeah. going into different uh, relief areas, actually helping people. And today's situation is I myself is displaced, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of an irony. But do you want to tell us your first person account of leaving Kiev? Yeah. So I think we were. <laughs> I live usually outside, a little bit outside town, even though I mean we have uh, a place in in Kiev, but I live currently. I was living outside town. So, and as you know, situation is actually happening for, for quite some time. We were almost ready. We were pretty much, you know, in a security situation wise, we were ready saying that we needed to leave at some point if Russia attacks. We actually left the day after the Russia attack. The situation was hundreds, thousands of people leaving the city. For me, I was lucky that I was not within the city. Otherwise, perhaps I would not have left the city at at that point because the traffic was heavy. The fuel at the almost everywhere there was nothing that you could buy. Right. And even at that point of time, to drive me 500 kilometers, it took like almost 12 hours, 12 to 13 hours. Wow. So at that point of time, war was just starting. People were starting to actually realize what happened, uh, you know, night before and things like that. But yeah. the situation was that bad. But I think uh, and. The house that I used to live, there's still people living there. And so we are lucky that some people actually trying to manage the house. We have a small community. So this community is managing the surroundings and the neighborhood and everything. And the place I work, we have more than 140 staff that uh, in my office around. So I have contacts with almost every, you know, most of, I have in my team, I have 40 people working. So we have... Every time, you know, when you communicate, seeing where 
this morning, one of my staff house has been destroyed because, you know, the, at the neighborhood, the bomb was landed in the morning at mm-hmm. five o'clock. And it is, you know, every time you hear this, I mean, I'm a bit safer, but every time you hear the news, some people can't get out. And one of our colleagues, actually, she could not go out of this village because she is in a village where Russians already occupied that village. And we still have no connection with her. And there is sad news coming every day. You know someone and someone knows someone so that who uh, actually heavily injured or died. So, uh, you know, the I'm not sure how this kind of brutality in 21st century can happen. And worse, it seems that war can't do anything. I mean, international community cannot do anything to stop this kind of uh, atrocity. So that is kind of the sad part, you know? Yeah, I can understand the stress and horror and terror that you feel and you feel for your friends, family, and colleagues. But the, of course, the hashing world has at least responded in a way that says we send our thoughts and concerns with you. Is there anything else that you want hashers to say? What could we, what can we do anything? What should hashers do who, who feel your concern and want to do something? Right. So I think, the, I think, uh, yeah, response from the hashers were overwhelming. I mean, the, the messages and, and the thoughts and prayers, I think it was overwhelming for me to see that how many people reached out to me over the last uh, two weeks. And so, I mean, and many, many uh, were actually trying to help whatever uh, way they can. And still I'm in contact with many hashers, some of the hashers who left the country and still, you know, looking for accommodations and other support in Europe. So I'm still kind of facilitating those, you know, help that people need and talking to some of the hashers in, in Europe. And also, you know, there's we, as I think maybe you saw, there is a group already created sort of hash fair, SOS hash to kind of provide support to uh, Ukraine hashers as well as I mean, since we have very few hashers at the moment leaving the country, so the idea is that what we see here, the local people are suffering. So we also try to help some of those people. So what I'm doing locally, basically, here are some of the volunteer groups that I'm here. So I'm working with them to support them with some basic needs, basically food, warm clothes, and some first aid medicines and things like that. So that's why we ask the hashers to actually donate some of their whatever they can a small amount of money so that anything we can help collect and to, you know, support, to contribute to support that uh, cost to the volunteers. So I would ask that, you know, hashers, if you find the time and, you know, get the message, I think it has been posted all, almost all the hash groups now in the hash channels in different countries. Many people are posting it, reposting it. So uh, my request and uh, art would be to see what you can contribute to. I mean, we are, there's one way with the money, there's also advocating for the Ukraine's peace through their countries, politicians, and wherever you are, how you can, you know, influence at the policy level. So there will be something also, I think, in our hashtag, uh, you know, many people have different kind of role they play in many positions they are. So maybe in any position that hashers can help to you know, advocate for Ukraine's peace. I think there will be something besides helping with the money and anything else. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's very well said. IMF, you're a great spokesman on behalf of the cause of refugees, on the cause of Ukraine, on the cause of hashing. It's very nice to meet you. What else do you want to talk about? I think that message, we want to get this out today and make sure people can hear from you personally and your heartfelt and sincere, accurate and personal description of the situation. And I think you will touch many hashers and they certainly have touched me. I appreciate your time. If there's more to talk about Ukraine or hashing. Well, what I would like to actually say that, I mean, this year, I wanted, last year, I wanted to go to Eurohash, uh, you know, so registered and everything. But eventually, I could not go because of COVID. Right. So I, what I'm hoping that at some point when we have war is over, that we are going to organize a big hash in Kiev and Ukraine. So I welcome everyone to come to Ukraine and visit. Even though as devastating as it is now, I think Ukraine can be built. And uh, so for that, I think we would be welcoming all everyone to come and support Ukraine. Well, that's a great positive forward-thinking message. Slava Ukraina. I personally just appreciate the way you have spent your life. It's fantastic. Where else have you hashed, IMF? You, you're a world traveler. Where else have you hashed? So I was I hashed in uh, uh, Saigon hash. I hashed in Vietnam, actually, a couple of cities, yeah? Yeah. And then I hashed in Cambodia. I hashed in... Sri Lanka, India, New York, Ashed in uh, Nepal. Uh, yeah, what else? Um, that's a good. That's a good list. Yeah, some of those are well off the beat man, beaten track. I, I've had, I've had in Kathmandu. Oh yeah, I also Bangkok, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had to evacuate. Do you still have hash gear with you from these hashes yeah, yeah. around the world? Yeah. Yes, I, no, not all of them, but I have, I have everything in Kiev, but I couldn't evacuate everything. But, yeah. uh, like, you know, if you hash for some time, you know, you have, I have like a hundred pieces of different pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. You are in contact with a lot of hashers, both, uh, you know, outside of Ukraine and on Facebook yeah. and everything. If you want to reach out to me to accommodate any more recording or get the message, I do have a way to reach people too. Just let us know if there's anything we can do to help. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Okay, thank you. Thank you for talking, yeah. On, on. Uh, on, on, Matt. Bye. This is the On, On Podcast. Hasher voices, Hasher history, Hasher stories. New episodes every week. Until next time, On, On. This is Ra. Slava Ukraina. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet child.